Welcome back, everybody, to the next episode of the Lotus Unfolding Podcast. This is episode two. I'm your host, Elise, and this is your other host, Heather. <laughs> Say hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and yeah, we had a really good time um, recording this episode. Um, so we hope you enjoy listening and have a good time receiving. All right. So, the Met Gala just happened, right? The Met Gala 2023. I don't really like anything that's like an award show or I don't keep up with celebrities. I don't know who like 90% of the people there, like who they are. And the ones who I do know of, it's only through like word of mouth or like having the internet at all. Some things you just can't avoid in this life. But I do want to talk about some of the fashion just because like, okay, yes, I'm like a hippie or whatever. But I'm also, like, I've always been a fashion girly. <laughs> like, I don't really know anything about fashion. Let's get that off the off the bat. Like, my perspective is not going to be that of, like, a well-seasoned New York fashion design student. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be that of, of me. <laughs> and the, the first thing, the first look that I want to address is Miss Doja Cat. Like, I, okay. Personally, love Doja Cat, but, like, okay, <laughs> have you seen The Hunger Games or, like, read The Hunger Games? You probably have, right? Yeah. You know, like, how they'd be looking in the Capitol, like, the looks they were doing with, like, the prosthetics and the fucking surgeries and everything? Never in my <laughs> life have I seen something straight up out of The Hunger Games Capitol like, more than that particular outfit. And, like, I kind of love that she was just meowing into, like, the interview mics. Like, that was funny. <laughs> I think she's funny. But, like, oh, my God. We are living in a dystopia. People are, like, literally looking straight up out of the capital of the Hunger Games, the elite, the Hollywood clan. And, if yeah, like, that's the first... That, Tell me your thoughts on the look that Doja served. <laughs> well, I can't comment on the look she served because I have never seen it. Um, but I, um, but I did have an interesting experience with what, like, I totally did think about the people and how they were dressed in the Capitol and the Hunger Games, like, synchronistically recently. Um, <laughs> I was somewhere and I saw someone with some, like, very convincing and very, like, well done eyelash extensions and I was like oh my god this person the environment that they were in it looked like totally natural but like I was like uh, like something about that person's eyelashes made me like realize how that whole kind of place that I was at like the restaurant and then just like the complex that it was in and the whole like area that it was in was like that area like in the hunger games and how like everybody just kind of being dressed to the nines or something or like with these exaggerated features um, I mean, like, it looked very beautiful to me. I was just like, wow, this is very exaggerated. And, like, it was a moment of realizing that. Oh, you can't, can you, ah, oh, come on. Can you see? <laughs> oh, wow. She's got, she looks like, like, prosthetics make her look like an actual fucking cat. And, like, it's cool, but, like, I'm also a little bit scared because that's literally in the Hunger Games book. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, did she know? Did she think about that? Or did she just, or is that just the route that we're going? <laughs> I wonder. 
Yeah. There were some other people that just, like, looked good. I don't really know about anything, like, who they are or, like, what anything... I, I don't think Zendaya was there. I know who Zendaya is. <laughs> like, I didn't see Timothy, like, but... I did, I did see that Jared Leto also dressed up as a cat, but he was just wearing a full suit, like a cat suit. So It was a cat theme for sure. It, it was like, oh, Carl Lagerfeld, I don't know if that's how, how you say his name, no disrespect meant, apparently people don't like him because he's controversial, but we don't, we're not judgmental like that in this, in this family. So, um, yeah, he had a cat or like some cats that he really, really like bonded with and it was fond of so people were like commemorating his cats because the theme was like in our in honor of carl because he died in like 2019 or something yeah i don't again this is like the most i've known about any event that any celebrity has ever done in years (laughs) like i don't keep up with this usually but that was just like too interesting i was like um okay straight up out of the dystopian novel um yeah (laughs) okay that makes me think about um have you ever read the book 1984 i haven't read it but my mom either is or just was reading it and she talks about it all the time and some people in my high school read it but i wasn't one of them (laughs) i think i listened to like most of it on an audiobook in high school but it had like yeah it was a pretty like impactful story but something that was really interesting that about like living in a dystopian society that like when I heard that audiobook maybe like eight years ago or something seemed like really far-fetched to me but now is like something that I can totally see it was like they were talking about how there's like a newspaper and then when they like decided to change something like like amend the national history of the country they would just go back and change the newspaper and then be like all right like that's the like history now um and at the time that scene, i was like that would never happen that's so dystopian and outrageous but like with the internet you can edit any like you can edit an instagram post with fifty thousand likes you can edit a huffington post article you can edit like you can go back and edit anything and like <laughs> weird wild. yeah it's like if you write an art okay say something tragic happens and there's like an article published where it's like you know this is like the casualty toll and they have to go back and keep editing that the more people they find or some shit like that like and it's like oh at first it said 16 and now it's like 100 now it's like 200 or something like that's that's crazy it's like you can't go back and find like the original copy of when it was posted it's like when this was posted there was only this much and then why can't you just write another another article like we should i think that we should keep history like for the sake of history itself like especially you know because i was just in like some really ancient like like Okay, all the Earth, the Earth is the same age, no matter where you go, basically. <laughs> but, like, civilization-wise, <laughs> I was in some ancient places. And it really made me think about, like, how much of history we have and how much we don't have. Because in some places, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, we have history that goes way far back here. But then you go to these other sites, and it's like, yeah, this is way older than anything we have written down, and we don't know what the fuck was going on. And it's like, that's kind of frustrating. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, I loved it. It was really cool to, like, be like, yeah, you don't, you really don't know. But also, it made me want to know. It made me be like, 
the fuck? What what happened? Why'd they why'd they burn the Library of Alexandria? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like a it's like a sculpture. What gets preserved out of history? Like what, like oh, what cool. edges of things that just still are there or like survive? And then, I think like I think the saddest part is that, the, like mostly the things that survive are like the things from like colonialist countries. Like <laughs> the things that get destroyed are like the countries like yeah. that that were destroyed. Um, but there's still like I mean there's there's roots of lots of things left over, uh, or like being in Peru and seeing the sides of the mountains scarred from where they would do like the terraced uh, agriculture and like like that's something that stood the test of time like of like human culture like a, like yeah. a scar on the earth but wow yeah yeah that's like it's crazy because you know everything ends up the way it is meant to be for a reason. And it's like you can learn from what is like standing and what we are taught and what we know about, and then we can learn from like the hidden implications <laughs> and like the the uh, byproducts of that history unfolding as well. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Heather, can you remind me what degree your rising is at? Sixteen degrees of Cancer. Okay, so just not it wasn't. Like, it's not right now. It was probably, like, what, a week ago or something when Mars was right on your ascendant. How was that like for you? Um, yeah, it was a thing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like it's just been a lot of tension, pressure, conflict on me, which mm. is fun. Yeah, on the but way you I show up, it- especially that aspect of yourself. I do, I do definitely feel it loosening now, though. Like, I was definitely feeling a lot of pressure, um, really from multiple things, um, and I do feel it easing off now. Um, it's, yeah, it's interesting that with the Scorpio stuff going on, too, just a lot in water, you know, so to have the... And that opposing all the Taurus stuff happening right now? Yeah, and then all the Taurus stuff, like, being in my 11th house has been really lovely, like, I love Taurus. My ninth house is my ninth house. Like, okay, as Paris Hilton would say, that's hot. Like, (laughs) I love Taurus over my ninth house because I'm in a ninth house year right now. So I'm in my Taurus year. So this Taurus season is like the sun and like Mercury, everything, like lighting all that up for me. And it's like, okay, Mercury retrograde. Yeah, I, I feel it. And all the like, Uranus and the North Node and stuff like I feel that too. It's not all easy, but it's like It's nice and it's like causing me to establish levels of trust and like showing up in myself that I didn't know were like actual tangible possibilities, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, the the expansive aspect of the ninth house for me with Taurus like having the sun in there I can only imagine that like um, the kind of expansion that comes with the 11th house like the networking and the um, kind of like noticing the way your sovereignty plays a part in the fact that you're all one and the same with everyone else (laughs) like that has to be really nice especially it being like the Venus ruled (laughs) Taurus yumminess i just like taurus as a sign so 
Yeah, yeah. I've just recently been really seeing like the layers of networks, like mm-hmm. how any community is not just like the interactions that are happening in that community, but then like the characters in that narrative have people that are attached to them, and then like there's other aspects in that part of the community served by this part of the community, which is connected to the like. I've just been seeing like seven layers of like eleven house things recently with all of the activation, and it's been a really interesting observation to say the least yeah um and like uh, personal and like job stuff like it's just like i can see it it's just i love how transits like when there's like a lot of things transiting a particular area of your chart like it's just nice like to be able to really like that those topics are just so loud for like yeah like honing in those the energies of those yeah speaking of like 11th house transits and going back to what we originally started talking about, Mars transiting through Cancer, that's Cancer's my eleventh house. So like, I've had Mars, <laughs> um, going through my eleventh house, and it's definitely been like, bang, here's energy, 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 and it's also been like, cause what this Mars and Cancer cycle, it um, proceeded a very very long Mars and Gemini cycle, and um. Yeah, it's definitely noticeable, like, the, the energy behind, the, the, like, or that's not really behind, but, like, that's being added to the 11th house right now for me. Because my 11th house is empty, um, at least in, um, you know, Hellenistic astrology. In chart. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. in Hellenistic. Because I have Jupiter and Cancer in Vedic, so I'm not sure if, like, the whole sign versus, like, any other house system, like, I'm not sure how that translates. <laughs> I have... Again, like, I've just started studying Vedic really recently. I haven't really gone very deep into it yet. But, um, yeah. Like, or you know what else I will say has been interesting? <laughs> is, because um, we touched a little bit on Pluto going, like, into Aquarius and then stationing retrograde. It probably goes back into Capricorn, which will be, like, a whole thing. But, um, the, the thing that I'm, like noticing a lot is Saturn being in my seventh house being in Pisces it's like there's a lot like a level of maturity and like older friendships for me like almost all my friends are older than me now <laughs> like by like a year minimum like that's like the minimum minimum um not like the friends that I've had for a long time like that not them and some of them yeah they are older than me but <laughs> like um the new additions to like my my circle i have people who are like like what like 13 years older than me who i talk to like basically every day <laughs> like that's those are my besties <laughs> and i'm like why do my friends have like wives and husbands and children and i'm basically like a child <laughs> i mean kind of I mean, I was even, like, I, people would argue that I was, like, an adult as a child, but then I, I still feel like a kid in some ways. I have an Aries moon. Let's be real. As someone who has, like, my seventh house is Capricorn, just ruled by Saturn, yeah, there's definitely a partnering with, like, an older energy or, yeah, like, you're talking about those, like, one-on-one, like, deep friendships. My friends have always been older. Like, when I was in school, now I have a lot of friends that are gen one two three generations older than me um and partnerships as well like yeah it's um it's noticeable yeah i'm yeah i'm so curious to see how saturn transiting 
your seventh house, like that whole two and a half year cycle, how that goes, because I remember when, <laughs> yeah, <Stop. laughs> when Saturn was in right Capricorn. <laughs> like, we're not going to say anything other than like Lana Del Rey era. Yeah. Okay. Something I want to talk about is learning something that you'll later on use, um, like noticing the moment that a seed was planted. And perhaps in that moment, you don't notice that that's what's happened, like that that experience is going to be so important later on. And maybe you do, maybe you get a feeling in that moment, like, wow, I might need this later. Um, and I'm just curious if you've had any experiences like that, Elise, or you know what I'm yeah. talking about here. Yeah, I do have some experiences like that. But the first thing that comes to mind is like this Instagram caption that I saw the other day. And it basically translated like as um, that because everything is happening in like divine timing something that happens today you know today itself might be more meaningful tomorrow and I was like wow that like I had to sit down and like write that one down and think about it I was like today might be more meaningful tomorrow so if I'm like kind of hard on myself one day but then I still get everything done the next day I'm going to be really grateful that I still accomplished everything that I did um and to like go specifically into like the theme of a seed being planted, it's like, oh, I didn't know that I was gonna u- utilize this in the way that I do. Um, I feel like that's happened so many times over the last few years, especially. But let me. <laughs> Here's an easy one. Mic technique. I learned this in high school because I was in the jazz choirs. And I was like, we sang with the handheld microphones. So now I know about like, don't like tap on the mic or don't like breathe on it, don't scratch it, don't like, you know, I'm kind of breaking a rule right now because like if I was being really, really good, I wouldn't have it adjacent to like my face <laughs> and I would be closer to it. But this is the setup I've got, y'all can hear me. But you know, I learned that and I'm applying it in a podcast setting. And it's not a handheld mic. I mean, I can speak with it in my hand, but it's like a standing like little tripod kind of situation and yeah it's like practical application of those little seeds that are being planted what's another one that I'm thinking of when I was a dancer as a child I never thought that the way that I was moving the energy like in my body and through my body would be important to the way that um I later became attuned in Reiki by my dance teacher. (laughs) Um, And by the way, this right here, that's like, I got that from her when I was really, really young in like a bag of um, old clothes. (laughs) So um, good synchronicity. But anyways, yeah, it's like the way that I was moving the energy through my body and the way that things like were flowing. I didn't know that I would later apply like that. That's how I would move with Reiki and then into like the yoga asanas and then the yoga teacher training course right now. So, um, the way that I'm like moving through the asanas is the same flow and it's the same flow that you find in nature, in sacred experiences of any kind. It's like, yeah, I didn't know until I knew (laughs) and you can never, um, no, until you know. 
You can't get mad at yourself for not knowing until you know. <laughs> I had I had a similar experience with something pretty yeah something similar. Um, it was like 2016 December, mm-hmm. and I was visiting Southern California, um, <laughs> seeing a friend, and there was this person that was also there um, with me and my friend. And he just started showing us like how to move chi. He was like drawing a ball of energy, and then he was sharing it with us. And we were passing it back well. and forth, and <laughs> cool. it was like in that I had done yoga before. I hadn't done any kind of like energy studies that I later on did. Um, but yeah, now I totally think about that experience. Like yeah, when I'm like teaching yoga and I'm doing like a certain circulation of light kind of energy or something or yeah sometimes i'll just be dancing Dude. by myself it's or like just drawing the lines it's the making me think of yeah. two things first of all avatar last airbender it's like bending energy which is actually a thing they do in the, the show <laughs> at the end but like yeah bending the energy that's like where reiki kind of is and like i try to explain it to people this way some people haven't seen the show so it's like a hit or miss but energy bending it's like you tune yourself to be able to move the energy or the energies just move through you depending on how active you want to get in your um the way you give but it's also making me think of when i was a belly dancer because like the way the energy moved through the body there it was completely different from the way that my the energy would move through my body say in like ballet or like lyrical like that's like a contemporary kind of class like Wow, belly dancing was really interesting. I really miss belly dancing. It was a fun class. And, like, the way that the energy moves through your body and, like, the symmetry and, like, the way, like, your arms move, it's always, like, it taught me so much about duality and, like, symmetry and balance. Like, here, I'll, I'll give a little, like, example because it's actually interesting. Um, so we, they did, like, the snake arms, right? And when one arm is going up, the other arm is active pulling down your muscles so it's not just like oh you're letting it flop and you're bringing it like it's like you're constantly like activating both muscles in your arm and it gets really really tiring especially when you have like your hands like activated too it's like i was walking on the treadmill today and had like my weights in my hand and i'm doing the snake arms with the weights and i'm like oh my god (laughs) i can feel that so much like every muscle in my arm like really like, that style of dance especially teaches you to be super, super aware of the, like, the, the breath of the body. Not, like, the fact that you're breathing in and out in your body, but, like, the natural, like, your body is breathing on its own. And not, like, automated breathing, like, oh, you can breathe without thinking about it. But, like, okay, you have the, your breath where you're respirating through your lungs, but then within that, like, your body is just also... Um, breathing kind of in tune with everything else all the time without you thinking about it and I know that's kind of if you know you know like it just makes sense the same kind of movements would happen in the hips in belly dance and like when one hip is going up the other one's going down it's always like it it it, it's so interesting that something that came from basically the middle east give or take it moved energy through the body in the way that they talk about it in like Indian tradition. You have the chakras going through every part of your body. And then also in Japanese tradition, Reiki, 
where the energy is moving through a Chinese tradition meridian system. There's a certain Native American system has something to do with it. I'm sure that some old Celtic ass shit has some something to do with it. I'm sure anywhere in the world you go, <laughs> that you're gonna find something that like all these, all the, the the different things are connected in flow, and that's like the what the connection I'm referring to is. That was a lot, well, that was a tangent, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, that makes me think of another thing that I wrote down. Mm. Just walking through my day recently, I'll feel like how I feel in yoga when I'm on my mat and I've just kind of moved in three dimensions and I'm like, whoa, I'm in a point that is like the intersection of several dimensions and I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm here exactly in this like center point, but I'll be feeling that way just like walking through my day, just like interesting, walking through doorways, like, whoa, okay, I feel that like central channel or something, um, but feeling that like alignment and then tuning in there's like an inherent clarity that comes to like being in that centered place like you're talking about like one like this arm goes up and this arm goes down and like it's connect like it's when something moves out of one space another thing fills and then like it's just like it's this continuous dance constant of all of these things ebb and flow yeah, yeah. the lila rasa like, it's just going and going i love it and it's like what you what you just made me think of is like something that i was recently like noticing and thinking about was opening portals and that makes you sound like a wizard or something (laughs) but like um yeah like okay here's an example say you have like some crystals or rocks or maybe even like uh like a pen and your notebook and your laptop on your desk right something in front of you i think of crystals and rocks just because like I like them they're cute and they're fun to like have around I'm not like oh my god put the amethyst with the note under your pillow and sleep with it and manifest your dream man like I don't do that but like I like to have them around because they're cute and they're nice and I like to like be with them they're cute but like um the way you have them arranged even the simple like degree and like placement of them opens up a specific portal just because like that's the way things are arranged and you can think of it same with like your your laptop it's like okay your everything is like straight up um very symmetrical and like da 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 then that's the realm that you're living in and then if you like tilt your pen that unlocks a new realm you just open up a new portal and it's like you have to be really paying attention and kind of know what i'm talking about to be able to notice those things and it makes it sound kind of like we're living in like some like movie some grand like oh like <laughs> like rick and morty type thing like you can jump through and like now you're in a land filled with like orange trees and purple grass and stuff like that and it's like um i mean i guess if you're like if you're one of those people who has like actual vision and things like like with your eyes and the physical world changes when you open up these little portals then sure but most of us notice it in the subtle ways and sometimes for me the way a room feels and like appears can change with those little like arrangements and like tilting of the the rocks and the pens and things it's <laughs> it's a feel- yeah 
<laughs> an experience of going through portals that I've been having recently is um, I see angel numbers like a lot. On Same. Just everywhere. Same. But I haven't. I had this experience, and I've had this experience lots of other times, but, like, I'm going, there's, we have all these very big dramatic ramps on the highways here, um, like, more dramatic than any other city we've ever lived in for some reason, and so, like, I'm going up this ramp, and it's big and dramatic, and I look, and it's like, you have 111 miles, like, left in your tank, and I'm like, all right, I'm going through this 111 portal, like, up this ramp, zoom, like, here we go. I love that. <laughs> yeah, through the portals of the angel numbers. That's a really good one. Yeah. Or, like, there's this point um, where I kind of cut through this parking lot on my way to work in the morning. And this morning I was, like, going through this parking lot or whatever. And then I look down and it's just, like, 8888. It's just, like, like, it's just, like, going down the dashboard. You just sent me something with 88, like, the other day. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's just, like, those moments. And maybe all that's being pointed at, too, in those moments is, like, like a portal into presence like a portal into yeah. just noticing like it's, in this moment i'm here i think that's, that's that's it i think that's all we can it's really beautiful. credit it to and like noticing because like we said in the last one every next item on your treasure hunt is always right where you are so <laughs> sometimes we get people who are like you guys are a little bit irrational and we're like okay cool <laughs> like i'm try like i have I can be logical. I just get really unhappy. So, <laughs> like, like, if I'm purely logical, I'm not going to be happy about life. I need to have some sense of mystery and mystical, like, mystical, like, story that's unfolding. And, like, some sort of, like, beautiful, oh, that's, that's a good, mm, okay. Here's what I need, is... Something like a plot line. And part of the plot for me is shit like sacred geometry. And like religions, like mixing religions and old practices and things like that. And something that is interesting to me, it's 555 for me by the way, portal, um, is the whole like Kabbalah thing that I was kind of working with for a while. Just the simplest, like, connection that I made was that, like, okay, we've done this before. We've, we've done this mess. But basically, <laughs> here, I'm using this because I'm not pulling up anything else. You can put the Tree of Life Kabbalah straight up from the bottom to the top on this shape. And this shape is, like, super important and sacred. I had an experience where I, like, basically figured out, like, this is how time runs. This is how everything unfolds. And... Right there in the middle, in the center, that is like, you can always come back to that space. You're never not in that space, is what I kind of figured out. Like, the loops are um, going around and unfolding, and you go through each one, but you're never not in the center. And then later, I had this correlation come up um, where a chakra was assigned to each point here, and there's 10 points, so there were three extra chakras which I found out were what pe- things people actually work with that I didn't know about. And it's like, the, the one in the center, that was the heart chakra. And it was like, oh my gosh, be here now. I was just reading that like a year ago. Be in the heart center, listening to the Ron Boss lectures. He's always talking about being in the heart cave, in the heart center, and living life from the heart, and loving awareness. And everything just kind of came together. It was like, that's what 
loving awareness and like living from the heart center that's what this was talking about that's what the kabbalah and that's what the chakra correlation to that is talking about that's what he was talking about that's what like when they the symbolism of like the heart of christ on the cross is talking about loving awareness like yeah it's a tasty place (laughs) one of those really good yeah good realm yeah yeah being centered in the heart only good things can come of that, in my opinion. Yeah. It goes beyond good or bad. Yeah. It goes beyond the realm of dualities. It goes beyond, like, oh, this is good and this is bad. It's like anything that happens in the heart is just love. Yeah, yeah. You are me and I am you. That's the next thing I wrote down. Looking into someone else and seeing that you are not different than them, you are them. And it's not like, oh, I see myself in you, I'm like you in this way, and I'm like you in this way, and I'm like this other person in this other way. Like, that's something that, especially you can note in astrology, like, oh, I'm like you a lot because we both have prominent Virgo placements. Um, yes, but we do. beyond that, <laughs> yes, we do. Um, beyond that is like, they're, we're just each other. And we're all just, in this experience unfolding, and anything that makes us feel separate or hurts us or makes us struggle that's all temporary first of all and it's all what people would call the ego (laughs) i feel so fucking hoity-toity when i talk about this stuff but it's like what else is there really to talk about so you know um yeah it's like we are all constantly looking into ourselves all the time this microphone, this plant, this laptop, my water, I am everything. Like my, and it's like we're only in different forms because we all have a different like little purpose to fulfill. Who, what, who's to say what that really is? Like a faucet is gonna drain, it's gonna give me water and the towel is gonna dry my hands. Can't really say what I'm gonna do besides live and be embodied in myself, I guess, the best I can, but that's what everything's doing. yeah and like the hall of mirrors that i've been experiencing lately and like all the interactions with all the people that i'm having is like noticing like when i think about you or me and i'm you it's like when someone does something that i resonate with or that i see myself in or that i find really pleasant i'm just like yes that's like in my head like there's like a cheerleader like yeah you know (laughs) and then someone does something yeah and then someone does something or so like if someone's really reactive um, to a situation and in my head I'm just like Ugh. like <laughs> because I'm seeing myself like having been super reactive or like how I am super reactive um, and and I think that's why it can when you're in that when I'm in that headspace um, why I can get hooked you know why I can get activated when I see something I really do or don't like you're Leo. It's okay, girl. <laughs> yeah, you have but that lion seeing... aspect of yourself. Strength card, Leo it... correlation. It's that. It's the lion. Because you have that tamer, like that part of yourself that tames the lion. But you also have the lion. And that's, you were just talking about this. Like, we were just on a call the other day. And it was like, you were talking about, my ego sometimes is so fucking big. Like, when I'm listening to Baby Tron in my car. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, that, that, that's the Leo lion. That's like the, the fierce 
this ego, but it's like the ego's not necessarily like a negative thing. It's just powerful. <laughs> and just, it's but, just, so it's is the tamer of the ego. I, I laugh at myself all the time when I'm in my ego. Ego. <laughs> I know what you meant. Leo ego. I totally laugh at myself because I'm just having fun and there's nothing wrong with it. Like, Literally. it's just funny. It's hilarious. Dude, it, like, trust me, I understand. I think that's a fire sign thing because I'm a Sag Sun, Aries Moon in Hellenistic. Like, I be doing the silliest stuff and I don't care at all. Like, okay, something that I've always thought is super fun that most people are like, what? Why are you doing that? Is like, when you have news or something, be like, guess. And instead of saying guess and then telling them right away, being like, I don't know what. And then you tell them, no, you make them guess. That shit's fun. Like, I like to play silly little games. I like to laugh at things that people don't think are funny. <laughs> like, I, like, I just have no care that there's some people out there who are, like, deciding to be dreary about something that I can laugh about, you know? And, like, the, the guessing game thing, like, <laughs> and, like, I'm just thinking about, like, dumb jokes, like, dumb ongoing jokes. Like, there was another, okay, on that turkey trip, there was another, like, fire sign guy there, and we were doing this dumb-ass bit where we would be doing, like, a frat guy voice. He, like, saw, dude. Saw, dude. And everyone, I can guarantee you, no one thought that was funny except for us. We thought that was hilarious. We were like, this is so stupid, but it's so funny. Like, fire signs. We have a sense of humor. Get over it. <laughs> I wonder fire how, like... Fun. Yeah, like, air sign humor is different. Like, it, it, it can be more intellectual, but it can also just be, like, it's just different. Like, fire sign humor makes no sense. <laughs> it's just, like, goofy and weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just playful, and I think, yeah. yeah, air sign humor is, like, it's fast, it's surface level, it's, like, <laughs> quick jokes or something. Yeah, and um, then it also, but it transforms, it like cuts deep in a moment. Like, the way fire transforms, it's like, it has this dance quality to it. It's like, because, you know, back to, like, Kabbalah, fire is, like, the highest element out of the four worlds. It's, like, the most divine element in out of the four, like, earthly ones that we have. So, it's, like, this passionate, like, if you know, you know kind of energy to the jokes. It's like... No, yeah, you can't explain this because you kind of have to be there for, like, the whole moment of the... You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, fire signs, though. You can't forget that I'm also, like, significantly a water sign when it comes to, like, Vedic astrology, so... <laughs> yeah. 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 Have you gracefully said no to anything recently, Elise? Oh. I love that question. Um, I guess, like, little things, like, my dad offered me something, like, to eat, or, like, to go do something or whatever, and I was like, no, I'm okay right now. Like, I was just looking out for my best interests, and I was, like, very, like, it was casual, no one was mad at each other, and there was no tension. It was, like, just I was full, or, like, I didn't want to eat that, or I had dinner plans or something like that, you know? Like, I think, um... I definitely know the experience that you're describing is like uh, being uh, like merciful with yourself and like um, looking out for your best interest through your words. 
Mm-hmm. I had <clears throat> I had an experience um, where I, I requested something of one of my friends, um, and I wasn't sure what, if they were going to say yes or no to like my request, um, and they said no quickly. Um, but the way that they said it, like, I was asking them, like, I it was something I wanted them to say yes to. But I went into, like, the question knowing that they might say no. And when they said no, I didn't feel, like, any aversion. I didn't feel like they didn't like me. I didn't have any, like, negative. I was just like, wow, they said no, and, like, that's okay. And I felt, like, in that moment so inspired by, because I'm afraid to tell people no. Um, because I don't want them to think that I don't want to help them or, like, da-da-da-da-da. But, like, sometimes there's a natural no. And I just, I felt like I learned so much or just had so much appreciation for my friends and no in that moment, even though it was something that I really wanted them to say yes to. Um, it's like respect. Yeah, it was like, it was like respect. And I just appreciated the grace, like right. the, the delivery, like how it was like, a, even though it was fast, it was like a response, not a reaction, you know? I absolutely love the way that you're talking about this because to get, to wrap it into Kabbalah, like I have been this episode, my like little thing that I do um the the fourth sephiro the fourth node which also goes back into like the node like everything being like a net and like connected and affecting each other this is the first thing I thought of as well I just didn't know if we were going to talk about it but um yeah the word for the fourth sephiro in English is mercy or grace hesed and it's like that correlates in my other little like additional practice on top of that to the throat chakra so grace coming through your words sorry about the car that's pulling up it's gonna be a little loud for a second um but yeah emanating grace through your words or maybe forming grace or creating grace or it could be the manifestation of grace all the different four worlds that you have coming through your words I've been really thinking about that and like working with especially now that we're hosting this podcast I feel an adjustment happening through my throat chakra so therefore through how gracefully I carry myself and how my energy flows through my words and how my energy flows through my body and how my words flow through my body and through my mind and which words I choose to put to certain situations. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, like, to go back to how we were talking about those, like, multi-generational friendships or, like, being, like, seventh house, but not, like, relationship partner type of thing, just, like, friendship kind of things um, with, like, older people and observing in myself, like, a lack of that grace or, like, very much still being, like, very much a maiden like and <laughs> learning so much learning so much about how to like like I, I had this realization that I'm really not like a rules person um, I'm really not someone that likes to enforce rules on other people like I don't like to follow rules like um <laughs> rules are for the week <laughs> if you know you know if you know you know um <laughs> um but I but, like, I know some people that are really good with rules, but not in, like, a, if you don't follow this rule, like, you will be penalized. Yeah, not, like, in like an authoritative very, sense. Yeah, but they're just really graceful about expressing, expressing structure, like, protective structures that need to be there, like, for reasons, um, valid reasons. 
Uh, and I've just been so enjoying, like, observing. Like, sometimes I'll come to them and I'll be like, hey, this is XYZ situation. Um, and then I, like, get to observe how they handle that. And just observing that grace and practice and knowing, like, that that's something that comes with age and time and experience that, like, I will be growing into feels yeah. really, like, exciting. And because you can see that there's, like, not... Or I can see there's not that aversion. There's not that bracing. Like... For me now to say no to someone, there's like this bracing of like, or like a putting, like a procrastination of putting it off. Like, oh, I'm not going to text this person back because yeah. they're not going to like what I have to say. Or like, da, da 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 Or like, oh, wow, I'm overcommitted. I said yes to way too many things <laughs> because I was afraid to tell someone no because I didn't want them to. But knowing that in time, that goes away too. Like, even this is dropped. Like, yeah. Or if that's something that you're naturally good at at a young age, something else you're going to develop with time and age. If it's not graceful, like, because... I, it, depending on the person in the situation, I could easily say, hell the fuck no, right now. <laughs> hell the fuck no. <laughs> like, I could do that. But um, there's other things that I see in some people that are older than me or just, like, more experienced in certain realms and certain practices than I am. Um, I have so much respect, and it's almost like reverence for the ways that they carry themselves. And it's like... Oh, I have so much to learn from you. <laughs> it's like, oh, someone could be your age and be like, I have a lot to learn from that person. Someone could be double your age. And, wow, I have a lot to learn from this someone, like that person. Someone could be more than double your age and you'd be like, I've learned all I can from you at this point. You'll teach me more when it's time. Like, it, it just depends on, like, the person, the people that we are and... Like, you know, our sinistry, our, like, the way that the sinistry embodies itself, it, it is all very It all relevant. goes back to the sinistry. <laughs> it all goes back to the It all goes, this episode, at least it does. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, for me, it's always going back to the sinistry. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well... To wrap it up, I just want to know what it's like for you in this moment, being in a place that was circled on a map in time. Can you define kind of what you mean by that? To know that this moment that we're experiencing together right now, like, was like this is a convergence point. This is this is a portal in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, and what's that like? It's really interesting. You know what I think about is like, because everyone's going to watch this or view it or listen to it at different times. And I can like feel the different little connections to like the network of people. And I think about that. I think about like, okay, say someone's like taking a drink of water. Like, what if they did that right when I was saying that? <laughs> like Stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think about the little connections. Because when I listen to or review like podcasts that I enjoy there's constantly like this the person's saying exactly the word that I had in my mind already and I'm like how did they know or like they'll be trying to think of the word for something and they're like da 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 and it comes to my mind and then they say it at first and I'm like yeah I helped you out with that like <laughs> I sent it to you telepathically but you said that way before I even saw this or thought of it you know just the way we're kind of connecting beyond time it really makes me think of, like, the timelessness 
and especially like with the internet, like they're they're it, they're gonna have like an upload date, and like there's times and everything da 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 whatever, but the the meeting space that we all meet in during these moments during these podcasts is beyond any form of time, because you know you listen when you listen. I guess you can quantify it like that. But how are we supposed to measure the little synchronicities that unfold within that, if they're unfolding? Because I always do for me. Like, I don't know about any of our viewers, but it always happens for me. <laughs> Every time. How's it like for you? Thank you. Yeah. It's like, it's different and it's the same from how I expected it to be, I guess. Because... In one way, there's a knowing, like, I was in a very busy season two weeks ago. I felt like I was running 100 miles per hour, and now in this moment, I'm still, and I'm available to go deep. Mm. And knowing that I was coming to this place, but then now being here and feeling the ways that it's what I expected and the ways that it's different. And, yeah, and being interested for what that... I mean, it's just continuous. Like, every single moment is this. Like, every single moment is this convergence place. Every single moment is a, a point circled exactly, like, where it will be in time. Yeah. Back to the loops. <laughs> We're always... That's going to be a theme for us, is us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. For me, in this moment, there's just, like, gratitude and harmony and... Um, yeah, and just kind of like a breather. It's like, okay, I'm breathing here. Like, I'm kind of taking a pause. Like, I'm, I'm on the path, and I'm kind of just stepping off in this peaceful moment. And I appreciate that, and I appreciate you being here, Elise. And, uh, oh, I yeah, appreciate you, too. That, that hears this <laughs> later on. I appreciate all of yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us in this space. I think a place, you know, a good note to end on is, like, harmony and grace and connectedness. Love. I love it. Yeah, peace and love to everyone. Peace and love, guys. Peace and love. Peace and love.